Boston, Massachusetts, to Adelaide, Australia, and everywhere in between, talking local and national sports, and just about anything discussed in a tavern. Broadcasting from South Lyon, Michigan, welcome to Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 with your hosts, Rich and Tom. Hey, what's up, Tom? What is going on? Well, yeah, it was... That was kind of uh, messed up. As soon as I hit the button to to go live, it uh, all this stuff behind this, you know, behind the scenes here, all these all these icons popped up and lost some feeds and everything like that, which is no big deal. I have to talk. I'll have to talk with some people to figure it out, and we'll fig- we'll get it though. And I, I, you sound like a, a, a chipmunk right now or a Smurfs. Do I really? Yeah. <laughs> Do I really? Man, I'm I tell waiting, you, I'm waiting for Elvin, Simon, or Theodore to kick on the screen. Man, we take a, we take a, Jesus, let me, uh, yeah, we we take a, uh, we take a day off, and that's what it is, huh? Oh man, what is that? I, I, I might need to log uh, off and come, come back on. So you start the show. I'll be back. All right. Anyway, wow, if you want to talk about some technical difficulties today, it's probably more so on his end than it is on my end. But we got a lot to cover and not a lot of time, that's for sure. Uh, it had a lot of a lot of big news come out this past week with uh, U of M. Uh, oh, we'll bring Tom back in here. There you are. Can you hear me now? <laughs> it's still the same. <laughs> really? Where did you put your earbuds in? Oh. All right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and end the broadcast then, and maybe we'll try it again. Let, let's start. Let's cut it and start well, over. Well, let's hold on. It, it, is, is that just what you're hearing, or is that what everybody's hearing? So whoever's on right now, can you please let me know if we if I sound like a chipmunk, I guess, if it's me. I- Man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Can you hear me? No, Kevin said it's fine. Kevin's on here and Kevin said you both sound fine. So, oh, maybe it's, maybe it's my feed. Let me, um, it's probably, it's probably you and that janky internet that you have. It could be. All right. I'm going to, I'll try it on another level here. Hold on. All right. So yeah, anyway, so We'll kick him off right now, but yeah, so big news in Ann Arbor this week. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh decided that uh, it was time for him to uh, quit messing around, uh, quit being a uh, dog and pony show, going from uh, Minnesota twice to uh, to interview for the job, uh, to coming and saying, "All right, Michigan, I'm back. I'm back for round two. Uh, you got me until you don't want me here anymore. And Tom will get out here in a minute and talk about it, but it, it didn't sit too well with a, a couple of the assistant coaches uh, within the program. Um, we can't really say anything about Mike McDonald because uh, he had left prior to that. He went back to the, uh, he went back to the Ravens. A brother John called him back home. So, uh, he came, spent a year, turned the defense around, really made him a, 
a great defense. Um, so oh, Tom's popped back on here now. So here's Tom. That's Does it better. That's oh, okay. It's got to be your internet. I tell you, it, it has to be your internet. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay, yeah. So, I don't know. It might have been because I was using the phone and I switched to my iPad. So let's let's do it. Yeah. So anyway, I, I started talking a little bit about U of M and, uh, you know, everything that went down. Jim Harbaugh going uh, interviewing in Minnesota um, and the way he kind of played it out. Uh, it didn't sit well with the assistant coaches, especially Josh Gaddis, who uh, announced uh, this week that he is leaving the program uh, for Miami. Uh, but on his way out, he had... Uh, some very unfavorable text messages to the team. Yeah. Uh, you know, he came out and said that um, he was, uh, he felt, I guess he didn't really come out and say he felt disrespected, but that's kind of what he was alluded to is like over this course of the last couple of weeks, I really found out my worth within the, um, within the program. I, it, it, I don't know exactly what he was expecting or maybe what he was told uh, behind closed doors. They might've said, Hey, uh, you know, if Jim decides to leave. He, if he come, you know, if he decides to leave the, the spots yours, um, but you know, the door is always open, open for Jim. And um, I, it got a lot of, it got a kind of mixed reaction based on the, the events that came out. First of all, it came out that he likes to, uh, sleep with uh, recruits, parents, moms, you mm -hmm. know, so, yeah. um, and, uh, but I, you know, I, but that's, I think it's funny to me that you hear things like that after the fact, like that, that didn't matter prior to him leaving that, Oh, okay, yeah. gone all of a sudden let's bring out the dirt on the guy, you know, let's kick the guy when he's down. And that to me, that's so typical of Michigan. And in, in going through a lot of like the Twitter comments and whatnot about Gaddis, um, it was it was it was mixed. I mean, yeah. there were some people that were like, "Hey, you know what? It's a great op it's a great opportunity for you to to, to fetch a bigger payday." And essentially, that is what he's doing. He's going to Miami, not Miami, Ohio. As much as I'd like to say it might have been Miami, Ohio, but he's going to the U. He's Ooh. getting a substantial pay raise. And but you're going, but you're going in, you're going into a position to where uh, that that program is essentially a dumpster fire. We thought this past year that they were going to come out and they were going to be great, and they absolutely got throttled by just about right. everybody decent. You watch out though; they've got a new coach. They've got the Oregon's coach. He's their new head coach, uh, who's a Miami grad. And don't be surprised. If, you know, within, a, you know, two to three years, they're right in the thick of things again, like they used to. Um, so for, for Gaddis to go to Miami, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good move for him to make. Yeah. He's, he's getting, it's a lateral, it, it's a lateral move. Yeah. Cristobal is uh, the name of the coach. So, yeah, but it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things that I, I he was probably upset because uh, he probably wasn't even in the, mm -hmm. in the discussions uh, for replacement for, Hardball right. in the case. Well, it, my, my theory is all the, all the, you know, the two to three days leading up to uh, that Wednesday when Harbaugh was interviewing, it 
was it's a chewing. He's going to sign a contract. So my theory is uh, Ward Manuel probably approached him and said, Hey, um, you know, you'll probably be the, the, the next guy up and, or the front runner. Yeah. And when it was, you know, decided that Minnesota had won, it, it turned out out of the nine people in the deciding factor for Minnesota, there was only one that wanted to, Minnesota wanted nothing to do with Jim Harbaugh. So, and it the was, ownership, the ownership didn't want anything to do with them. Nope. The, the Wolf, Ziggy Wolf, you know, they, they said, we don't want, we don't want nothing to do with them. So for him to pick up a phone and call Ann Arbor to say, I'm not going anywhere. My loyalty is here. And Michigan pretty much was like, okay, welcome back. I think that yeah. that was uh, a, a kick in the ass for guys. And, and to me, yeah. to me, it's just another long list of, of things that Harbaugh's done in his almost eight years with the program that has been a head scrape. Yeah, but so hold on. So you're so you're saying that the 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 blame of all this is falls on Harbaugh, huh? I just think his arrogance, as far as just assuming that he was going to retain his position, um, he flew to Minnesota with the intentions of signing. Yeah, him. but yeah, but, did, but he was still under contract with Michigan for one He's more season, contract. wasn't he? He has a he has a zero dollar buyout. He can he can leave whenever he wants. Yeah, so, so I mean you. I mean, you, you can't blame the guy for uh, even entertaining that. That because I mean, going back to the NFL, obviously it's a huge step up. Obviously, you know, Michigan, Michigan is not an Alabama, not a Georgia, you know, not a powerhouse. They're a good school, not a powerhouse. No. So for him to for him to go out and get offers like that, and obviously he got permission from Ward Manuel to even entertain this because that's kind of one of those things is like, I mean, if you think about it this way, I, it's kind of, it's really not apples to apples. It's more of like apples to oranges. But if you look at how Brian Kelly did it, he kind of went behind Notre Dame's back, secured himself another job. It leaked but out. Did Harbaugh. I mean, I've heard mixed signals. I've heard that he pretty much um, did it on his own. Never told anybody Then I heard he, he mentioned it to some recruits. Uh, that he would he might be leaving, but here's the point that that I want to make as far as Harbaugh and his his timing. It was signing day, and you're on an airplane heading to Minnesota to you think you're going to sign a contract in the NFL. I mean, that's a kind of a big fuck you to to a lot of the recruits that he spent you know the better part of two to three years recruiting, and you know so what does that say in the future? to a kid who's maybe in uh, 11th, 12th grade thinking about Michigan that, you know, I'm going to go there because I want to, I want to, you know, go there because of coach Harbaugh, he might not be there. You know, I, I, I just think it's a bad look for, for Harbaugh, one of many and everyone that watches the show, listens to the show knows my opinion of Harbaugh. He, he can, he can kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. His assistants got him where they were this year and the two best ones left. So that tells you where the program's going. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of assistance, uh, you know, we talked. To, I talked while you were figuring out your internet situation and your login stuff, but I did touch that. Uh, you know, we got a new uh, defensive coordinator coming in to replace uh, Mike McDonald, who went back. Who, who Papa John Papa John Harbaugh called him back to. So they signed, uh, you know, Jesse Minter. 
Uh, who's, former. Who's another another uh, Baltimore Raven? You know. Yeah. So I I think that he he will be able to, I guess, uh, almost maintain the the kind of defensive structure that they had last year. I guess the familiarity with it, because obviously it seems like um, he was the the good fit for them. Well, it's a good time if you're going to replace your defensive coordinator. It's because they're losing the pretty much the heart and soul of their defense that they had last year. So he'll be able to work with a lot of new bodies, a lot of new kids coming in. So it's probably a good good time for him. Um, not a big fan of where he just came from, Vanderbilt. So, um, but everybody's got to start somewhere, school. right? It's an SEC school, so he'll you know he'll be able to. Uh, try to work with uh, the speed aspect of the game, but we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and then they've got uh, Sharon as the new offensive coordinator, who was the, the offensive line coach last year. So um, as far as that's concerned, uh, th- that looks good in their behalf because their, their offensive line is pretty much all coming back and, and they'll be one of the highest touted uh, lines in America. So uh, the big question for him is, is it going to be J.J. or Cade? I think that's that's the big, you know, uh, uh, $64,000 question around these parts is, uh, does Cade stay? Is J.J. going to be the guy? J.J. tweeted out the other day or went on Instagram, said he's uh, a Michigan Wolverine. He will be for the entirety yeah. of uh, college career. So um, there's a part of me that says that they've been in his ear saying, you, you're going to come into the spring game as a number one. Yeah, that could be true. That or he just might be, you know, Michigan, uh, you know, Homer through and through. So, so since we're talking about coaches, it's uh, you know, it's nice to know that uh, the Detroit Lions will be, uh, for the most part, uh, retaining their defensive coordinator, which I'm very thrilled about because I think um, he, I think Aaron uh, Aaron Glenn did a great job with not not a lot. He, yeah, and he, he who's there? Who job with a lot of guys that probably wouldn't be on an NFL roster in this? I'm league. trying to think who's the, the defensive backs coach because that guy he has done some great. I mean, if, in, in all reality, if he would if if he would have left and went and jumped ship to go anywhere else because he was interviewing for the Saints job, am I correct? Yes, and he was so, at point he was he was one of the front runners. So if he would have left, um, uh, the guy, what the hell is his name? The uh, what the heck is his name? What are you looking at, Richard I'm, Bernstein? I'm, look, I'm looking, uh, looking him up. Oh, the lion. Oh. Yeah, Sharon or something like that. Oh yeah. So, I uh, you know look at look what he did to the secondary for them. Given that he hit, Aubrey Pleasant. What's that? Pleasant, yeah, Pleasant. He he did a great job with his defensive backfield. Obviously, you know, I I can't really give a fair assessment on Jeff Okuda right now because he hasn't played enough games for you to determine how well he's gonna how well he would have been this year. We were hoping it was going to be kind of a turning point to where, given the model that they said we're going to put the we are going to have the players play where their strengths are. Obviously when it was under, yeah, when it was under Patricia uh, or that other regime as we're going to call it, 
Um, they, 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 they didn't do that. They mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't, they say, this is, they were acting like the smartest guys in the room. This is what you're running. This is what's going to work. Yeah. Obviously it doesn't work. Mm-mm. So uh, I think that he would have been a great, if Aaron Glenn would have uh, got the, you know, if he was fortunate enough to get the position, I think he would have been a great guy to step in and fill that void. Kind of like how, uh, you know, we they parted ways with the, uh, the OC. Mm. Offensive coordinator at the Off Center podcast, and um, who now is the offensive yeah. in San Francisco? Which yeah. he won't have to do anything. He won't be calling plays there either. <laughs> no, uh, and um, he's gonna—he's pretty much the guy that's gonna run the uh, the meetings. You know the yeah, but um, you know they they ended up uh, promoting the, uh, within, which is kind of good. Uh, I'm a big fan of showing appreciation to those who have been there mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to teams and kind of working your way up through the system. Uh, so, you know, Ben Johnson, he was the tight ends coach. Uh, who, he's going to step in. Who uh, uh, supposedly he was a big um, reason why uh, MCDC kind of had some success towards the season. They, they worked hand in hand on the offensive side. Uh Pretty much, it was Ben Johnson and, and Campbell, not really Anthony Lynn. So uh, that seemed like uh, a no-brainer for him to to step into that role. The players loved him. Um, so, and when you have a you have a team with young talent, and and, and this goes back to with Aaron Glenn sticking around as the DC. Those are young guys, and and to have a coach another season with the same system we'll say uh, I, I think that that bodes well for them because they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be able to come into this season you know knowing what to expect knowing you know what their place is so uh with ben johnson getting that uh, my hope is he starts to implement more of a, a tight end scheme to get hawkinson more involved um but we'll see i mean a lot of that starts with the uh the run game and, and that's where it starts and ends so we'll see yeah, the game is uh, – you and I, we've talked about this on a lot of occasions. The game is won and lost in the trenches. It's, yeah. It starts at that line, and that's it. So, um, you know, they promoted within. Uh, there was also talk that maybe uh, former Bears coach Matt Nagy was uh, on the radar to come in. Me personally, like I just said a few seconds ago, I'm a firm believer and a fan of moving up within and then backfilling. Right. Uh, every, you know, everybody deserves a chance. Everybody deserves a shot. So, uh, you know, no disrespect to uh, Matt Nagy, but I'm kind of glad that me, they stuck with in-house. To me, that tells me that uh, the notion going into next season is Campbell's going to call plays. And yeah. I, any established coordinator, specifically a coordinator that's been a head coach in the NFL, doesn't want anything to do with a team that you're not going to be involved in the play calling. So I I think Nagy knew that going in. And that's another reason why they went with Ben Johnson, because Campbell's going to call plays and he proved to be a worthy play caller as the season went on early on, specifically that Steeler game, which I think he single-handedly lost the game for him with this stupid play calling. But as the season progressed, he got a lot better and, to bring Nagy in, you know, it'd be another Anthony Lynn situation, just kind of a scapegoat. 
position. So you give a guy some experience at that position and who knows where it might lead him down the road. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, you know, since we're talking about the lines a little bit and everything like that, the draft is coming up. Uh, the lines were uh, fortunate again to uh, be down there firsthand to uh, run the practices and kind of really get an in-depth look mm -hmm. at those that are coming into the draft. Uh, I know you got uh, uh, Aiden Hutchinson is going to be at, uh, at the combine. Um, Thibodeau uh, reports are saying that he, he might not, he might not even go. He might not even, you know, uh, I think that. That's a bit, that's a big problem. Unless he's going to work out on a, on a, a pro day. Um, the more and more I hear about this guy, I, I don't want anything to do with him. I really hope they don't go that route. I mean, the guy, he's got the attributes, you know, that's one that's, of the things. So, uh, you know, Malik Willis is, a, as you know, um, Malik Willis is another uh, name that's getting out there and people uh, do people are not. They're like second pick overall. No, you know, so, but with the second pick, there's also, uh, you know, there's also people saying that uh, Kyler Murray has uh, decided to pretty much uh, delete everything that is Arizona Cardinals related off any social media. I mean, which, you know, who, who really knows? Who really cares? You know, you know, he might finally realize, hey, you know what? I need to I need to keep my personal stuff personal. I need to keep my business stuff, business stuff. You know, there's there's players that do that. Um, but you know, there's also last year with the Bears, he, you know, he pulled the Bears off all his social media, and then uh, he made like references to Detroit Motor City, and so there was a lot of buzz. And hey, there's a Kyler commercial right there. Um, there, there was a lot of buzz that he would end up in Detroit. But with me, with Kyler Murray, what I don't like about it is, yeah, he had a terrible second half of the season. In his playoff game, he looked like he was on another planet. Um, yeah. Just delete your social media. Don't don't do that kind of thing to speculate to put the coaches in a situation where now they're going to have to answer that management answer that. I just think it's a bad look for Murray. Um, and if you're trying to just move on, move past uh, that debacle playoff game, just delete your social media. You, you know, know it's. It it it's out. not even that it's not even that it's, a, it's a debacle it's just kind of one of those things is like you're kind of you're you know you, you send mixed signals mm -hmm. and then you also create uh drama and uncertainty within you know they could say you know what screw this guy you yeah. know trade him for a bucket of you know mm -hmm. baseballs to whoever so, mike my, my question here is no Say the Cardinals say, give me your give me your number two, your second first round. Give me your number two and number three for Kyler Murray. I mean, there's nope. gonna be some teams calling Arizona because he still has a lot in the tank. I mean it ain't gonna be Detroit. You you would you really honestly consider blowing up a rebuild for well, Kyler for, Murray? For a quarterback in his third year, I, that's really not blowing anything up. Um no, but you but what you're saying, do you think they're just gonna say we'll get Give us Jared Goff, which they probably they wouldn't want anyways. And our second round pick, they're going to want draft picks because if they're going to get rid of Kyler Murray, if they're going to get rid of Kyler Murray, they're going to go into a they're going to go into a rebuild. I mean, he was a number one pick, so there there. I mean, he still has value. Uh, so yeah, there's going to be 
and the good thing for Murray and the Cardinals, there's, I mean, you look at the Saints, they need a quarterback. You look at Seattle, they're going to need a quarterback. Uh, the Giants are probably going to be looking for a quarterback. Tampa needs a quarterback. So there's a lot of positions. There's a lot of teams in the NFL that are probably right now willing to overspend for somebody like Kyler Murray uh, in hopes that, you know, they can, you know, maybe uh, get get the talent that he showed, especially in the first half of the season. So, I mean, I, to me, I think that was his, his way of saying, get me the hell out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. Um, so coming up to this draft, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if Arizona, uh, you know, plays the game or if they just sit back and, and, and let things play out. That guy can go anywhere but Detroit because I, I do not, for well, me, no, I don't, it, I just, I don't think, I, I think they did a good job of, uh, last year of blowing it up per se, you know, they, they went and they said, you know what? Stafford wanted to leave. That's fine. We'd rather we'd rather get as much as we can for you before we can get nothing for you. Right. right. Um Kyler Murray's got one year left on his deal. Which if, and in the in the NFL, your last year usually uh contract wise, those are big years. So, you know, for a for a team looking for I mean, Tampa, for example. They've got the pieces. They just need the quarterback. It, I, well, I, I think ten. I think Tennessee would be a good a good spot for him too because Tennessee is. But then again, I don't. I mean, I don't think Tannehill is is terrible. I think he's a great game manager. Yeah, he's the, yeah. he's not flashy. He's not gonna. He he ain't killing anybody with his arm. He ain't killing anybody with his legs. He's good for a, t- a throw or two in the game that that might wow you. Go from you know forty forty or more, but. Yeah, I, I, he's the type of quarterback, just as long as you don't make mistakes and you ride uh, Derrick Henry, you know, that's yeah. your success. And that's what, you know, unfortunately, Henry was off, what was it, eight, nine weeks, and he was a bit rusty. So playoff came, I mean, he was he was a non-factor. But yeah. you can see Cincinnati didn't weren't going to be stopped. But um, so, no, I mean, there's all those hot little rumors going around that um, – Aaron Rodgers is building a house in Franklin, Tennessee. Everybody lives in Franklin, Tennessee. That, <laughs> that is one of the the most uh, highfalutin uh, areas in the country. So yeah. to, to say that, oh, he's going to end up in Tennessee because he's building a house in Franklin. Hey, as hey, as a, Jim as as Jim Price would say, nice area. A very nice area. It's, it's a nice area. Very nice. So anyway, so. The draft, you know, they got some mock drafts that are up and everything like that. There's a big hope by some sports memorabilia collectors after this last weekend. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, over this last weekend, there was a, you know, two weekends ago, there was a Thibodeau was in town uh, doing a signing at one of the local sports memorabilia places. So I'm sure there's a lot of those homers that were standing in line that were buying Lions mini helmets. Thinking that he was, I mean, they they'd love to see him at at second, um, you know. But there is talk that you know the Jaguars, their biggest asset on their team right now is who? Uh, Trevor is, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, who can't stay on his feet. Well, he can't stay on his feet wise because he doesn't have a line that blocks no for him to keep him upright. Who would look good so, in uniform? Evan Neal, the left yep. the left guard from uh, Alabama. He's yep. like nine foot eight. Uh, 
weighs about 750 pounds. The yeah, guy, I mean, it... he's an absolute beast. Um, so if you want your prized possession that really didn't look so hot last year to uh, continue his career, the best move is for them to draft uh, Evan Neal, not Aiden Hutchinson, but um, we'll see new new coach in there um, with Doug Peterson. So, you know, Doug Peterson's a quarterback, and, and, and so he's going to look at the situation and think the wise choice probably is to go with Neal. So that, that kind of yeah. puts him right in our lap. Yeah, you gotta you you definitely have to do what you can do to protect uh, uh, you know your franchise. You know, mm-hmm. let's, I mean, for all intents, it's the franchise. You have to protect the franchise, and the only I, way you're going to do that is by doing what? What does Rich always say? You win the trenches. In the uh, trenches, you got to you got to do it. The hot little rumor that I've heard the last couple of days is, um, uh, Taylor Decker's name's been uh, brought up in potential uh, trade uh, propositions. There's a lot of teams that want to move up to get into that two spot. Detroit's got a lot of leverage. Um, I think they love that corner or the, the safety out of Notre Dame, Hamilton. But at two, that doesn't make sense. Uh, so no. there's and then last I, time, I think the, well the last couple of times we drafted at anybody that early that was in the backfield, uh, it wasn't favorable for us. No, so just put it no. that way. But I mean, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of lot of calls for, and and I know you don't think so, but. I think there's going to be some teams calling for Jared Goff. It, it cap wise, it, it makes sense for both both teams that would would take him on. The Lions would be able to uh, gain a lot of gap cap. Yeah, uh, he's, yeah, but he's he he's got thirty million. He's got isn't his deal like thirty million this year? Something like that. But it's over. Nobody. So what's that? It, it, this is it. After this year, they can get rid of him. So a team like you know Tampa and. I know we've kind of had our disagreements at that. I think golf would look really good with Tampa Bay. They have the run game and they have a really good receiver core. And, you know, I, I think he'd be a good fit. So there's going to be some teams calling. Yeah. Bottom, but line, bottom line. They're not going to get rid of them. The bottom line for Detroit, you need an edge rusher. And in the, I've kind of flip flop back and forth, really looking at it, thinking about it. You got to go get that guy that will impact defense a, a tj watt i mean there there isn't a better edge rusher in the uh, nfl nick vosa uh those guys are game changers you have to you have to game plan for them uh which makes your secondary defense look even better so it's it's a no-brainer it's it's aiden hutchison end of story it, 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 it to me it, that's what they had that's that's a need and it's a want at the same time I- you know, I'm not a I'm I like Aiden Hutchinson. I just don't like him for Detroit. I mean, you need other pieces around. He'll he'll need well, a complimentary uh somebody on the other end, but that that Harris guy who came in toward the end of the season, you know, he really turned it up. Uh so if you match those two together, that that could be a special unit. Yeah, but here you know, he's a, he's a good player, you know, he's a uh he's a good player. Um, the only thing is, is I, you know, sometimes when you have a local, a local talent, Mateen, please. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Charles Rogers, you know, yeah, you have, you have a local guy, you have a local talent. Um, you, you drink the Kool-Aid. The, the, the expectation is like, so, so up there. 
that, you know, I want to see him succeed. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to come to Detroit and then be a bust. Cause then he'll, and it, you live in the area, you're from the area. You'll be known as a bust. You won't be known for how great you are at Michigan. You won't be known for how great you were at divine child. Mm-hmm. You won't, you won't. Yeah. To me, hey, to there's me, that bump from the lions, you know? Yeah. Well, after the, the Georgia game, I had some concerns. But, you know, looking at a lot of the, you know, the Mel Kuypers and the McShays in the world that basically said Georgia game plan for him. They were not going to allow Hutchinson to be a factor. And if you look at uh, uh, Bennett, Stetson Bennett, uh, a lot of the plays that he ran, he was taking the snap and he was going off. He was going offside. So he was paying attention to where Hutchinson was. And, and he was getting rid of the ball really fast. So it, it kind of kept Hutchinson under wraps. They were doubling him. The, the, the player that really concerned me the most was Ojabo, why he wasn't on the field and run plays. Um, and they've got him speculated to go pretty high. He's the one that might have a little bit of a question mark. But as far as Hutchinson, I think given the right situation, uh, the right coaching, uh, I don't – yeah, is there, a, is there a homer aspect? Sure. But how many players – have come around these parts that are born and born and bred in Michigan, went to Michigan or Michigan State, that are legitimate, you know, uh, all American players that are legitimate players that are top five draft picks uh, that you followed for years, and and you know they, we don't see that too often. So, you know, to have a guy who is the consensus best player in the, in, in in the draft, which a lot of them think, it's pretty cool, you know, and a chance for them to maybe get their hands on him and and. And have him like keep having success in Michigan with the Lions. That's even cooler. So we'll see. Yeah. So we, there's a lot of notes on here. So I don't I don't want to hit all because I want to still uh, I still want to hop on Sunday and get mm-hmm. uh, get the fellows from my logic and Uday. Uh, Uday. Yeah. Yeah. From I get the Uday. guys from my logic. Get the guys from River City uh, on and stuff like that. But uh, you know. I, you know, I, the Super Bowl is coming up. Some of the most ridiculous things that I've seen with the Super Bowl is the uh, the, the unbelievable astronomical prices of tickets for the game. However, you got to think of it this way: look where it's at. It's in Los Angeles. Oh yeah. Where's a lot of the money at? Los Angeles. Where the where the you know? So you got that going. Did you happen? Um, to, did you happen to see they had uh, each team had a pep rally? Um, Right before they left. So the Bengals had a pep rally uh, at Paul Brown Stadium. Place was packed, going crazy. Uh, and it looked like the Rams had a pep rally at the local high school. <laughs> and there was like one yeah. bleachers full. I mean, it just goes to show you, uh, yeah, they play in L.A., but the fans are fake. Uh, and most of them are probably, you know, St. Louis Ram fans or – fans from way back in the day, but the majority of the fans, I mean, look, uh, they tried their best to keep 49er fans out last week or two weeks ago. Didn't work. It still was about 60% uh, 49er fans. So LA Ram chargers, they're all bootleg. They eh, fuck the Rams. I, I don't give a shit about Stafford. I hope he throws three picks for all I care. He doesn't play here. Why people are so infatuated with Matt Stafford and thinking they got to root for the Rams because 
He played here for 12 years. He didn't do shit here in 12 years. Hey, hey. Prove me otherwise. I don't Hey, care. hey, listen, listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna let everybody know that's watching right now or anybody that's listening right now that you are a proud owner. Proud owner of a Detroit Rams shirt. Oh no, I am not. Dude, how how ridiculous is that? I'm sorry. You need to be slapped in the back of the head if you sport that. I saw a flag flying around. Give me a break. Come on. I mean, yeah. he. Hey, he did good things in the community. Uh, he raised his family. It was fun. Uh, no, he did not have a good team around him. The organization sucked. Um, he got put in a very good situation with a good coach, with a team that bought in. They don't have a first-round pick for like four years. So they better win the Super Bowl. So to to put Stafford to say, oh, he he's had an okay year. He's been good. He's also surrounded with unbelievable talent. So if he can't win in, in, in L.A., then – there you go. All right. So a couple of things, a couple, a couple of things that I want to touch on before uh, we get ready to, uh, you know, walk out. Uh, first thing is uh, the trade deadline's coming up soon in the NBA tomorrow. Um, a lot of deals have already went down. Um, there's been some talk that James Harden has pretty much said that he wants out. Yeah, uh, possibly looking at a. Uh, I think they said a, a three team or four team trade. Well, that's it's gonna to, have to be that. There's too much money involved. And then uh, you got that one. Uh, they the asking price for uh, is it Jeremy Grant uh, from the Pistons? Uh, the Pistons are like we want two first rounders. Um, you know, and as much as I hate. You know, listen to the, you know, I, I was listening to the, the uh, local sport, the number one rated sports show in Metro Detroit. Also, the, that is the, is the, the only Metro Detroit sports show uh, today. And I, he made, per, I, I, I normally never agree with the guy. I normally never in a million years agree with the guy, but I actually agree with it today. He says, listen, he goes, I don't want two first round draft picks from somebody. He said the reason why is because if you are not picking within the top, if you're not picking within the top uh, five, yeah, it's, goes, if, if you got a 24th pick, he goes, it's the equivalent to drafting in the sixth round of the NFL draft. Yeah, it's true. Because they they never pan they're, out. They're never going to play. Uh, yeah. I mean, you need – the Pistons need uh, NBA-ready talent. They need players that are that, that – are, you know, somewhat proven, uh, young, you don't want to bring in an old guy, Grant, he's not that old, but in, in the, in the, the eyes of the NBA, he's been around a while. So yeah, uh, that asking price tells me they're not moving him. And I think no. that's a no. huge mistake because he wants a, a mega deal at the end of the season. He's a good player. He's a nice player. He's a good two way forward at four years, 120 million. Come on. Nope. Give me a break. It's one of the many reasons why the NBA is so watered down because all these these players get mega contracts that are guaranteed. They get their deal and then they 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 hit the bricks. So um, Troy Weaver's been pretty fun to watch in the last two years. 
to see him spin deals. Um, but this could be a, a black mark on, on his resume if he doesn't move him. I mean, there's teams that need him. I mean, the Lakers are sitting out there like begging for help. Uh, I think you could get some capital from the Lakers. I think you could get some players from the Lakers. Um, but uh, as far as like big time names that are going to get moved, Russell Westbrook, he might get cut. He might. I don't want him. Forward. He's terrible. Um, I mean, I don't know what's worse. Player. I don't know what's worse his his game or the way he dresses. He's his attitude. He's not a team guy. I mean, he's a point guard who's who averages about twenty three points a game. I don't want that for my point guard. Um, when they brought him in to LA, it was like, there's too many egos here. How is he going to fit? There's, there's not enough room in, in the now crypto arena for their, that headspace that they've got in there. So that's a big yeah. problem. Um, hey, ku- hey, ku- hey, kudos to you for calling it crypto and not, not staples. Yeah. Uh, um, LeBron wants out of LA. He wants to go back well, to Cleveland. And if I'm Dan, no, right here, LeBron, no. No, he don't want to go back to Cleveland. Oh, he yeah, he, he wants to he wants to ride it out, and he wants to play with Bronny. But there's rumors that he's made comments that he likes the uh, the way the the Cavs are, and they play. They're in the playoffs right now. They're young. They've done it right. They've they've drafted well in the last three years, and you know they've got uh, love, little uh, veteran leadership. So. There's a team that, you know, could make some noise in the Eastern Conference playoffs. You know damn well he wants to get back into that, you know, come in and be the hero, even though he can't win without, you know, a, a side hustle. So, but yeah, yeah. Harden, Harden, I've heard, Durant, I've heard, uh, the Nets need to get broken up because there's another team that too much talent, not enough room. And, and you just, you still need to be able to play team basketball. When you have five guys on the court that, you know, all want the ball and they all want the spotlight. Doesn't work out too well most of the time. Yeah. All right. And then one more thing. Well, the wings are winning right now. Just give you a heads up for a three. Yeah. You're probably watching it. Four, three. Um, uh, still, we have absolutely no movement on the baseball front. Baseball is at a standstill. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the two sides are so far apart from the last, uh, uh, mediator that they had they're so they're so far apart from each other that um I, i'm going to be really honest with you if if this goes long um it, the, the baseball is imploding itself mm-hmm. well it already attendance is already down um a lot of that is you know a, a situation with basketball you, you have there's no salary cap you have these these teams like the Dodgers that just throw money at everything. The Yankees, they just throw money at everything. Now the Mets, they're just throwing money. Boston, if you're a, a smaller market team like, you know, the Royals, uh, the Tigers, in all reality, they're kind of a small market team. You don't have a snowball's chance in hell of, of, of making any noise in, in, in a potential October run. So, it, it, with a lot of these fan bases, if they're not winning by June, July, I'm out. Bye. I'm, they, there's no interest. In, and it's just baseball barely survived the lockout back in the 90s. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. It, it. I think they've got, what are we at, the second week of February? They've got another week, week and a half to make a deal. Or I think there's serious chances of, of no season this year. And baseball will be dead. It'll be completely yeah. dead. If that's yeah, it. it's – 
it's you know it, it, the thing is is the baseball they they the owners make a lot of money so do the players well the owners make a lot of money even when there's nobody in the, even when there's nobody in the stands they make a lot of money the in the last couple it's in the last in the last couple years the owners in doing free agency like that there's players that the there's not there's no big big deals the only way that this this year there was big deals this year is because because they knew that they knew what was happening. So the last couple of years, they've kind of undervalued the players. Mm-hmm. know. yeah, you know they they undervalued you know players and players they want to you know they want to play, so they'll sign for less. But then you but you know then you got you know this year was it Corey Seager for like three hundred and some odd ball. Well, the Rangers, the Rangers, Luke, Seager and. Um... Oh, the um, the shortstop in Toronto. What was his name? Um, oh, Marcus Simeon. Simeon, who uh, up until last year, I mean, he played with the White Sox. He played with Oakland. He was a uh, eh, uh, shortstop, talent-wise, uh, defensively. He's not worth the, the money that taxes throw through at him. But, I mean, owners don't want a long-term deal because, I mean, you look at the Miggy deal. You look at a lot of those super contracts, those seven to ten year deals. They were banking on winning now, and with the Tigers, when they they went and signed Miggy for that extension, that was in hopes of that two to three year window that they might win a World Series. But the reality was they didn't make it. They didn't get the World Series, and now they're stuck with a with a has been you know broken down first baseman that. You know, he, he has flashes in the pan every now and again. But I think as ownership looks at that, like, I, I don't want to give these mega deals. But then on the flip side, the, the players look at it as, you know how much money these, these teams are making with the TV deals? You know, that Fox is in the mix. You got ESPN in the mix. And, the, the you know, the Valley Sports, the local entities. There's a lot of money to be made in that, in that regard. And I think the players feel like they don't get – a portion of that they they want they want their hand in that which i don't know if I, how i feel about that especially when you're you're a pitcher making uh 30 to 40 million dollars a year to really play once a week competitively um I, I think that's asking a whole lot of compensation when you're already being highly compensated but the reality is i mean they're on each each side's on one end of the coast and, 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 and it doesn't seem like they're going to meet in the middle. And I think the fans ultimately are going to pay the price. But, hey, guess college baseball, college baseball yeah. coming around. So that, that might be uh, uh, something forward to. But, I mean, it, it's greed. Bottom line, it's greed. Uh, greed never uh, pans out no matter what uh, angle you're looking at. And and the fans are going to suffer, bottom line, the kids. And, and – because kids are looking at this, and, and I think they're going to turn their back to, to baseball. And they already have started. They've already started, and I don't know if they'll come back. All right, well, yeah, I agree with you on that. So, anyway, yeah, we're running up against Tyler like that. So, let's uh, let's plan on uh, Sunday morning getting together. We'll uh, I'll make some uh, 
make some calls and make some texts or whatever. We'll make it happen for Sunday morning. Yeah. We'll do a little uh, little Super Bowl action and everything like that. I want to say what's up to Swingle for checking in tonight with us. The second annual cool. Easy Speak Super Bowl or the Superb, the Superb Owl yeah. uh, extravaganza. So, yeah, that'll be something to look forward to. Get your predictions so. in. Get your uh, – uh, your what do they call that? Those prop bets. See, you know, who's going to win the coin toss? Uh, how many times is Eminem and Dr. Dre going to get bleeped out at the halftime show? Which, by by the way, who this this could be the biggest and best halftime show in the history of Super Bowl. Not not with the Prince one. That was pretty awesome when Prince was in uh, uh, did this, the halftime show. But who that grew up in the '90s isn't looking forward to this Sunday just for the halftime. Yeah, exactly. So, cool, man. Well, anyway, we'll uh, we'll check back in on uh, Sunday. All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you Sunday. Take it easy.